Hello, I'm R.A. Spratt. I write and perform this podcast. If you'd like to support the show, I'm a children's author, so you can buy a book by me, or you can buy me a coffee by going to buymeacoffee.com slash stories R.A. Spratt. It's an easy way to make a small thank you gift to the show so I can keep kicking this can down the road. The podcast directory you're using right now should have a link to my Buy Me A Coffee page in the show notes, or you can type it into your browser. That's buymeacoffee.com slash stories R.A. Spratt. All contributions are gratefully appreciated. Hello and welcome to Bedtime Stories with me, R.A. Spratt. Well, today's story is Swine Lake, as told by Nanny Piggins. Here we go. Boris, the ballet dancing bear, was out in the backyard performing his signature role. He was playing Odette from Swan Lake, much to the delight of Nanny Piggins and the children. You see, Boris had been cleaning out his shed. Well, he'd been searching for a honey sandwich that had fallen down the back of his bed in the shed when he came across his old ballet dancing tutu from when he'd been the lead dancer at the Russian ballet. Boris was extra specially pleased to discover that it still fit him. Admittedly, he only fit into it with the help of Nanny Piggins and the children, but between the five of them, it only took 40 minutes of tugging and squeezing and levering with a long-handled shovel to get him into it. Now, you may be wondering why Boris played Odette, the lead girl in the ballet, when he was a boy and a bear and ten foot tall and covered in fur. But you see... Boris was so good at ballet that the lead male character, Siegfried, was considered to be too boring for a dancer of his talent. When Boris danced, he was so convincing as a swan that if you fetched an actual swan from the lake at the park, you'd struggle to tell them apart. Now that Boris had his tutu on, it seemed a shame for him to take it off again straight away. Nanny Piggins and the children needed a rest before they tried anyway. Getting him into the tutu had been an exhausting cardiovascular workout. So Boris had offered to dance the famous ballet for them. The performance had commenced in the dining room, but they'd soon taken it outside because Boris's grand jetés and pirouettes were so spectacular that he'd taken out the light fitting and several antique vases. The whole ballet took two hours, including an interval for cake break, and the children thought it was wonderful. They clapped enthusiastically and they threw all the roses from Mrs Smith's garden at him, because throwing thorny flowers at a dancer is how you say congratulations in ballet. That was so beautiful, said Samantha, but the ending was so sad. And that Rothbart was not very nice, said Derek. Is it based on a true story, asked Michael. Oh, gosh, no, said Nanny Piggins. The whole thing is a pack of outrageous falsehoods. It is, asked Derek. Oh, yes, said Nanny Piggins. The story of what happened at that Russian lake all those years ago was nothing like that. So someone just made it up, asked Michael. All ballets are just made up, confessed Boris. The nutcracker doesn't really crack nuts. It's just a man in tights. So what is the real story of Swan Lake, asked Michael, suspecting that if Nanny Piggins told it, it would be a very good story indeed. Well, for a start, said Nanny Piggins, it had nothing to do with swans. Swan Lake wasn't about swans, asked Samantha. Of course not, said Nanny Piggins. What prince would fall in love with a swan? Swans are all right, I suppose, if you like long necks, but they aren't exactly sparkling dinner party conversationalists. 
The children had never been to a dinner party attended by a swan, or indeed any bird, so they could not contradict their nanny. No, the true story of Swan Lake was about a pig, declared Nanny Piggins. It should really be called Swine Lake, but ballet goers are such snobs they thought it wouldn't have the same ring to it on the poster. Is that true? asked Derek. Oh yes, a hundred percent true, said Nanny Piggins. I know it for a fact, because Odette the lead character of the story, was in fact my great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-aunt. Her name was Odette Piggins. Wow, said Michael. If only Tchaikovsky had stuck to the original story, said Boris, dabbing a tear from his eye. It would have been an even greater ballet. Well, then it's probably for the best that he didn't, said Nanny Piggins. If it had been the truth with a pig in the lead role, the ballet would have been so good it would have been dangerous. People would never want to do anything besides watch this ballet and no one would ever get anything done. True, very true, nodded Boris. He knew too well the power of dance. So how does the real story go, asked Derek. Well, the beginning is right enough, said Nanny Piggins. There was a drippy Prince Siegfried and his mother was fed up with him about how he lounged around the palace all day. She said that he had to get married and that she'd organised a great big ball and that at the ball he had to pick a wife. But the problem was Siegfried did not have a very good attention span. And as his mother was talking, you know, going through a list of all the qualities he should be looking for in a wife, shiny hair, white teeth, wicked dance moves, that sort of thing, he looked out the window and saw a drove of pigs jog past. There were pigs jogging, asked Michael. He knew his nanny did not approve of jogging or any form of organised sport or exercise that involved sweating. Oh, yes, said Nanny Piggins. It was all right, though. They were jogging to the chocolate shop before it closed. Not jogging for exercise. They were pigs, after all, so they had principles. The prince totally forgot about getting married, grabbed his gun and hurried out after the pigs. He was going to shoot them, asked Samantha. I know, it seems a strange thing to do, said Nanny Piggins, but this was the olden Russian story days and he was a royal prince. So breaking off mid-conversation with your mother to go and shoot things was just the type of thing princes did back then. He followed the pigs to the chocolate shop, although they didn't stay there long, just long enough to ransack the whole place, throw all their money at the shopkeeper, then they ran down to the lake. Because if you're going to gorge yourself on high-fat, high-sugar foods, it's always lovely to do it at a waterside location. The prince crept through the trees and saw the pigs on the lakeside. He lifted his rifle to his eye and took aim. But as he looked at my great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-aunt Odette through the sight of his gun, the prince fell instantly in love. The way she took her block of chocolate, ripped off the wrapper and shoved the entire thing in her mouth at once was the most beautiful thing he had ever seen. Really? asked Eric. Oh, yes, said Nanny Piggins. The way she ate chocolate was poetry in motion. It was better than poetry, in fact, because no one really likes poetry, especially if it doesn't rhyme and it's all about drippy feelings. If you want to see true, burning, artistic passion, then just watch a pig eat a chocolate bar. You'll never see such raw emotion on display. Anyway... You're making me get off the point of the story. The point is, the prince fell in love. And no, Michael, he did not actually fall. Michael had just drawn breath and she had accurately anticipated this question. Michael had always been under the unfortunate mental association between falling in love and falling off a cliff.
Odette was naturally terrified at first. He was a gun-wielding prince, delirious with love. It was totally distracting her from eating her chocolate. But as soon as she finished, she sat patiently and listened to Siegfried as he swore his undying devotion. Odette was a piggins, so she was very practically minded, said Nanny Piggins. She told the prince straight away that no, they couldn't get married because they just met and that was ridiculous. Also, she was cursed. Cursed, exclaimed Samantha. Yes, said Nanny Piggins. Heroines in folktales are always cursed. It's very tiresome. But if you're going to be the lead character in a folktale, you just have to put up with it. What was the curse? asked Michael. A wicked sorcerer called Rothbart, explained Nanny Piggins, he cursed her so that she had to eat three times her body weight in chocolate every single day. Otherwise, she would transform into a human princess. Well, that's not much of a curse, said Samantha. No, agreed Nanny Piggins, because she really enjoyed eating chocolate. Some days she ate four or five times her body weight just for fun. No, I mean, it wouldn't be so bad turning into a princess, said Samantha. Nanny Piggins patted Samantha on the hand kindly. It's sweet that you think that. We won't get into an argument about it now, but suffice it to say, you're entirely wrong. But there was a way of getting out of the curse, said Nanny Piggins. The curse could be lifted if Odette could get a handsome prince to swear his undying love for her. Siegfried got all excited about this. But I'm a handsome prince, and I declare my undying love for you. Odette looked at him sceptically. True, he had deep blue eyes, golden blonde hair, a chiselled chin and rippling muscles. But he had no snout at all, and his ears were tiny and round. But she supposed he was probably beautiful on the inside, so that would have to do. Very well, conceded Odette. I'll let you declare your undying love for me and marry me and whatnot, but we'd better have a trial run first to see if you're up to the job. Meet me back here tomorrow at this exact same time. If you're still in love with me, then I will agree to it all and marry you and be queen of your kingdom and all that other stuff. Prince Siegfried was overjoyed. He rushed back to the palace to tell his mum. But he'd forgotten about the ball. It was such a drag, but he had to go through with it. If he was marrying a pig tomorrow, it was probably a good idea to get on his mum's good side first. Siegfried was so in love with Odette, the last thing he wanted to do was dance with another girl. But his mother had invited dozens of them, and she was getting really cross with him and insisted he had to pick one out to dance with. Siegfried begrudgingly looked about, and that's when he spotted her. Odette was at the ball, asked Derek. That's what he thought, said Nanny Piggins. She looked exactly like Odette. She was a staggeringly, achingly beautiful pig. But what he didn't realise was that the wicked sorcerer Rothbart had magicked his own daughter to look just like Odette so she could win the heart of the prince. Was she ugly in real life, asked Michael. I wouldn't go that far, said Nanny Piggins, but she was a human, so not in the same league. Prince Siegfried danced with this fake Odette all night, because this is a ballet story, so they always want to squeeze lots of dancing into the plot. Then, at the strike of midnight, he declared that this was the girl he would marry. What a rotter, said Boris. Boris had personally danced the story several hundred times, but he still got angry when it got to this point of the tale. Meanwhile, said Nanny Piggins, Odette had heard the noise of the party and come to have a look, in case there was any chocolate on the buffet table. She looked in through the window and saw Siegfried declare his love for her looky-likey, and she was outraged. She banged on the window and yelled, Oi! You! What do you think you're doing? You just declared your undying love for me a couple of hours ago! 
Siegfried was beside himself. It's really embarrassing. Look, when you declare your undying love for someone, then confuse them with someone else at your party. He realised he had just stuffed up his relationship with the most beautiful creature he had ever seen. I'm so sorry, he pleaded. I take it all back. You're my true love, really. That's not how curses work, you ninny, said Odette. It had to be undying love. Undying. That means forever. You can't just turn it off for half an hour at a party because you meet someone who looks the same. Whoops, sorry, said Siegfried. Oh, said Odette. Now I'll be transformed into a human. Thanks a lot. Oh, my love, he declared. If we cannot be together, let us never be apart. Let's jump into the lake right now. Don't be ridiculous, snapped Odette. This is Russia. That lake will be freezing. Unplanned swimming is no way to resolve relationship disputes. With that, she stomped hard on the prince's foot, picked him up and threw him in the lake. Then she did the same to Rothbart and then the same to Rothbart's daughter too, just for good measure. And from that day to this... All Russian pigs have been very wary of marrying into the Russian royal family. The end. Time for bed. Thank you for listening to support this podcast. Just buy a book by me, R.A. Spratt. There's lots to choose from from across the Nanny Piggins, Friday Barnes and Pesky Kids series. And now there's the book based on this podcast, Shockingly Good Stories. You can order any of them through your local bookstore or go to my website, raspratt.com, and click on the book depository banner. They have all my titles and free international shipping. That's it for now. Until next time, goodbye. <laughs>